Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's cover two time, Warren. What's up? Welcome to the show, everyone. This is going to be a good one because the 49ers beat the Los Angeles Rams and are now tied atop the NFC West. Actually, not tied because they have two division wins. They're the ones that are on top. Victory Monday, victory week. It's always it's always great when the Niners get a win, man. It's after a loss, man, it's always heartbreaking. But after a win, man, I love it. Yeah, it's nice to be able to talk to you after a win and, and go over you know some of the things that happened in this game. The 49ers uh, definitely had their moments. Uh, big-time interceptions. Debo Samuel with the big-time catch and run. Brendan Ayuk getting into it with Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Mike, uh, Mike McGlinchey getting into it with Jalen Ramsey by uh, saying things. Bobby Wagner laying out a ref, or I mean a fan, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. And, now a the, and now the fan's coming after him. So Really? Uh, yeah, he filed a police report against him. <laughs> so uh yeah because you know i mean because it physically got harmed uh so yeah all kinds of fun stuff come out of this game but the good news is the 49ers <laughs> win against the los angeles rams and and now i think the season really starts uh, because every team in the west is two and two but the 49ers are on top yeah yeah and i mean uh anytime you're you're in the top of the nfc west when in the past it was the toughest division in football yeah i mean it was tough to get wins in the nfc west but um, sitting at two and zero right now in NFC West, I'm loving it, man. I'm just loving how um we're progressing and how the season, how this season's going to turn out. Yeah, yeah, me too. I I'm really optimistic about this team. I think they figured some things out. I think there's a lot still to be figured out, and of course, it is the Rams. So you have to remember the four yards just for whatever reason have complete <laughs> ownage. Besides the NFC Championship game last year, uh, four yards own the Rams. I mean, they've beat them seven of the last eight times. Jimmy Garoppolo has never lost a regular season game to the Los Angeles Rams. He's 7-0. Yeah. It's one of the best records in NFL history. Um, it's it's remarkable how well they play. Debo Samuel has his best games against the Rams as well. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't like the Rams, and the Rams don't like the 49ers. And part of the reason they don't 
is the physical nature at which the 49ers play. And I think that was heavily on display in this game. And it was exciting. I mean, Jeff Wilson Jr. bust that big run in the first quarter, and, and the hole was huge. Uh, and then he tallies a, a time that's one of the fastest times that any 49er has tallied all year. The only one that would beat it was Talano Hufanga in the same game, having to outrun Matthew Stafford on the pick right. six. Right. And they said Talanoa Hufanga wasn't fast enough to play safety. I didn't think he was. Man. Uh, to be honest with you, Talano Ufonga's times were not <laughs> elite. What Talano Ufonga needed uh, was the intellect, you know, being mm-hmm. able to read things. And he's doing that at an all-time high and all-time level. So you don't have to be super fast as long as you're what we used to call it football fast. Football speed, uh, yeah. You can read it really quick. <laughs> you understand what you're seeing and you process it quickly. That makes up for so much time. Then you don't have to have those elite traits right. if the elite trait is your mindset and how you how you read and play football. Yeah, his instincts is definitely some of the best I've seen. I mean, he to be honest, he does look like a little Troy Pumalalu out there. He, does. he he like he imitates his game to the T, you yeah. know. But I'm super excited that he's a Niner, and um, we took a chance on him. Like he looks better than what he did at USC. Yeah, he does because uh, <laughs> he's taking his game to the next level. You know, yeah. what I mean, he really has the areas that he needed to get better at. He did. I thought it was one thing that was interesting was the Rams were going to play Ben Skoranek at fullback. That was their big thing that they did the week before. And they kept leaking Skoranek out for, you know, plays down the field, but he would also block. And the announcers were, you know, oh, Skoranek's going to make these blocks. Well, watching Greg Papa and Kyle Shanahan talk, Kyle Shanahan kind of giggled when they talked about Skoranek. Uh, and then the four yards showed them no respect by playing nickel the entire time, even no matter if Skoranek was in the backfield or not. And the first time Skronik tried to lead in the hole, Talano Ufanga absolutely studded him in the hole, blew him up, and Emmanuel Mosley made a stop for no gain. It's like, okay, that's the end of Skronik trying to block. So Ufanga getting it done in run fits as well. <laughs> that's hilarious. And, and I know when we uh, we made the transition to Ufanga this year, I was one that was nervous. Yeah, I believe that we should have stayed with Tart, and the Niners made the right decision to go with Ufanga. I mean, the kid is, I mean. He, He's looking like he should be up for defensive player of the year. I mean, he is that you're right. special to me. Yeah, you're right. He does. I think one that's interesting, right, is that we oftentimes, and I mean, I say we, I mean, as a, a fan base, as you know, a 49ers community, often criticize the front office moves yeah. that they make. And then you come back later on, you look at it, and you're like, those are some pretty freaking good moves. Yeah. Uh, moving on from Tart was a, a tough decision, I'm sure. And then not bringing Tart back, but electing to go with Gibson. Uh, those were big decisions, and the 49ers so far look like they have struck gold with Gibson and struck huge gold that could be could play amazing dividends with uh, Hufanga. I and I think so, and I mean they're 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 reaping the fruit of their labor right now. I mean the Niners are just undefeated in that fifth round. Yeah, <laughs> they, they are because now you got Tiamer <laughs> Lenore uh, playing nickel the way he's playing nickel. Right. I mean I know Cooper Cup went for 122 yards. But that was the quietest 122 yards I've seen yeah. since Tyler Lockett got over 100 yards uh, this season. Yeah. They're letting their players get yards but not get touchdowns. That That's fine. I mean, Stafford threw for 200 yards exactly. The first quarterback this year to throw for 200 yards on the 49ers, and it had to be 200 exactly. Right. Uh, it's, it's impressive defense. And let's talk about that defense overall. Uh, because last week, Warren, we talked about the defense being Super Bowl caliber. I think they proved in this game that they are Super Bowl caliber. They beat a good uh, Los Angeles Rams team. They absolutely caused major havoc for Matthew Stafford. The run game was in, didn't exist. 57 yards in the run game is not good enough. Uh, the Rams definitely can't run the football in the 49ers. And I thought the Niners did everything they could to shut down everyone besides 
Cooper Cup and they let him get his, but they did a bend and don't break. Yeah, Cooper Cup, I mean, he, I think he had, he finished with a career high. I think he had like career high, like 14, 14, 14 catches, catches or yeah. something like that. Um, but a lot of it was empty stats, a lot of empty yards. I mean, he wasn't really, he wasn't really a difference maker in the game. He wasn't really making too many plays. I mean, he was, he was catching stuff, but um, to me, when you watch, when you watch the Rams, they're really predictable. I mean, when you're Stafford, you know who Stafford's throwing to half the time. Yeah. You know, and Talanoga Hufunga, I mean, obviously he read that when he's seen, you know, I think they were trying to run like a little bubble screen. Yeah, they're trying to run a screen. Yeah. So Cup is lined up on the outside towards the sideline, and then they have the tight end inside of him. The tight end it wants to make it look like he's getting a release upfield to get Hufunga to turn. Hufunga doesn't bite. And then so when he goes to block uh, Mooney Ward, so Cup can come inside. Hufonga doesn't go with the tight end at all and just screams absolutely forward and picks it off. It. Yeah, absolutely jumps in. I mean, that, that just speaks to how predictable that offense is. So, but speaking with the, the Niners defense, the Niners defense is just lights out. Like like we were talking about, all three levels is just, they're playing they're playing just a perfect brand of football. And even in our losses, I mean, you look at our losses against Chicago, our losses against Denver, um, the defense didn't play bad. Yeah. You know, the defense did their part. You know, they they came out and they did enough for the Niners to win the game. It was just offensively we came up, we came up short. But with this defense, it's just sky's the limit, especially with guys the guys that you have out. Yeah. You know, and once they get fully healthy, it's it's gonna be scary for the league. And I'm I'm I can't wait for it. Yeah, I mean they <laughs> held the Rams without a touchdown for the first time since twenty sixteen. Uh the Rams score. And with Sean McVay, they usually score a lot. Porters haven't given up a first a quarter touchdown at all this year. So no one scored in the first quarter. Uh, 3.8 yards average per play is ridiculous. Better than the 2000 Ravens. Better than the O2 Bucks. Uh, it is ridiculous defense that they're playing right now. Now, we have a full season that they're going to have to do this for. Uh, is it sustainable? I don't know. They got tough games against Kansas City, the Chargers, Atlanta. Those are big offenses that they're going to have to go against. But right now, they're showing all the ability. And you have guys stepping up at all three levels. I mean, Samson Ebucom came away with two sacks including a strip uh, strip sack at the end of the game to close it down. You had, you know, people like Palomalu himself, Hufanga, uh, making plays <laughs> out there on the field and, and getting touchdowns. And then Drake Greenlaw leads the team with 15 tackles in this game, 12 solo, three uh, assisted tackles. He's playing at a high level, too. Defense is ridiculous. They are. And then you, you throw on Nick Bosa. <laughs> you throw Nick Bosa in there. I mean, that's – I mean, we're talking about all these other guys, but yeah. – I mean, Nick Bosa leads the league in sacks. And he had 14 hurries. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like something you, you would say at the water cooler, like, I don't know, Bosa had like 14, 14 hurries. Yeah, 14 uh, carries. He legit had 14 hurries. I mean, this is <laughs> it's ridiculous it what is. they did. And D'Amico Ryan's blitzed Matthew Stafford more than he had ever blitzed anyone before. Mm-mm. And Stafford struggled. And that offensive line could not hold up at all. It was a, a very good game plan from D'Amico Ryan's. And with the talent that he has on this team, I mean, who, what other team could lose their two interior starting defensive tackles and then still hold the opposing team to 57 yards rushing? Extreme depth. John Lynch was like, this 2020 is not happening. 2021 is not happening again. We're going to have the horses in the building. Hassan Ridgeway and Kevin Givens played fantastic. Both of them had sacks, and that's not even why they're on this team. Right, and and the Carfax is out about Stafford. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's going to make a mistake. And at the most vital point in the game, what did he do? Yeah, he, he made a mistake, and you and you know what's coming. You know what's coming. He's. I think we dropped probably like four interceptions in this game. Well, yeah, the one that that got tipped that Greenlaw almost got to. Right. Then they had the fumble that he almost got, and then uh, Gibson dropped an interception as well. Fred Warner dropped yeah. an interception. 
there were definitely plays to be made. That was what was funny. I got asked about that. Uh, hey, who's going to have the first turnover? Is it going to be Matthew Stafford or Jimmy Garoppolo? I said it's going to be Matthew Stafford because historically he does commit the first turnover against the 49ers for whatever reason. And usually it's in the first quarter and it's usually a big time touchdown. Jimmy Ward last year. Right. You know, this year it's uh, Talano Hufanga with the intercepted pick six, but uh, he usually makes a, a mistake that ends up paying big for the 49ers. Right. And if you're a Niner fan, to me, I can't help but think back to last year losing the NFC Championship game. If Hufunga was there, does he catch that interception that's her drop? I think that's tough, right? I mean, <laughs> pro- probably. I mean, it legitimately, he probably does, but we don't know if Hufunga right. would have been in that same position. True, that's true. Um, but, I mean, those are things that people definitely think about. I've seen it on Twitter. I've seen... I feel bad for Jaquiski Tart. He's having to talk about this right now. He's talking about how good Hufunga is, and all the while, like, I had a pretty good career, too. You know, I'm like... He did. A, he did. You know, he, had, he was a... He's, now, uh, I'm sorry, Jaguiski Tart's a very solid player. Absolutely. Um, I'm I'm one of those ones that actually thinks he's better than a lot of people give him credit for. He's just is he is is he gonna make those splash plays like Talano Ufonga? Is he special that way? No, but is he a legit safety in this league that does everything uh, really good? Yeah, he does. And I think it's unfortunate that he's actually not on the roster right now. Right. And I th- I think the word world of Tart. I thought Tart was like you said. He's a super solid safety, and he rarely made mistakes. Yeah. And if honestly, if you look back at our season last year, he had a he had a pivotal tackle in that Philadelphia game. Oh, where, huge! Yeah, where he ran him down and made that tackle. And if we lose that game, the whole season outcome could have been different. Because remember, the season last year came down that one game. We needed that one game against the Rams. He also ran down a guy in the Green Bay Packers playoff game. Uh, they had the big play down the sideline, and I believe it was the running back. And oh, he, yeah. He ran him down, and he saved the game. Because oh, if they yeah. score that touchdown, the 49ers do not win and Great make point. the NFC Championship game. Tart's hustle uh, and, and things were on display. And I do think he got a little bit – I know we're going on Tart, but I think he got a little <laughs> bit more criticism than he deserved for the NFC Championship game. I, I think Ombre Thomas was supposed to help him by sagging on some of those coverages. And it's unfortunate because now everyone's only going to remember Tart, though, for the missed – interception right unfortunately unfortunately yeah, it, i love sucks. tart but this defense i have to say it, the defense right now is better without jaquitsky tart than it was with him i agree uh, but they don't even have jimmy ward and so are they better without jimmy ward is what some people are saying i'm not one of those people because <laughs> jimmy am. ward is gonna play at an all-time high the dude's ridiculously good and he's got a lot of versatility and i'm looking forward to getting those guys back and guess what warren those guys are back at practice uh jaquitsky oh, i'm sorry Almost got Dewisky Tart, but no, Dewisky Tart's former running mate, Jimmy Ward and Jason Verrett are back at practice, which means they have a three-week practice window that is open. When do we expect these guys to come back? Kyle Shannon said it could be as early as Carolina. You think it's going to be Carolina, Atlanta, Kansas City? What are you thinking? I would love to see these guys back early. You know, yeah. selfishly, I want to see these guys play. Um, I've been a huge fan of Verrett since that year he put on for us a couple years ago. And then Jimmy Ward, I mean, I always love watching number one play back there. He's just the guy's one of the best safeties in the league. And so um, I think we're going to need these guys for later on down the road. You know, I think we're going to need them for the Chiefs. We're going to need them for Tampa Bay. We're going to need them um, possibly for this Atlanta game. I'm not too worried about them too much with Mariota. And, but the, the rookie is coming on for for them, Drake London. But um, I would like to see him get, get some run, you know, maybe not play a full game, but get some snaps. You know, I think we, we don't really need them too much against Carolina because uh, they just really don't present a threat that much in the passing game. But I would love to see these guys um, come in, you know, get some run, you know, get some, get some football under, under, under their, uh, 
under their feet and, and ready to go for these big matchups later on down the down the road. Yeah, I, I think you're right. You know, Kansas City's on the horizon. I think you'd love to have both of them back and you know involved in the defense when you play against Kansas City with the multitude of weapons that they have. I think the big weapon for Kansas City is Travis Kelsey. So uh, having Jimmy Ward back could be very important, you know, for that matchup because uh, Hufanga and as much as I like Hufanga and Gibson, and they've had very good coverage rates the entire year. I'm not sure Kelsey's the matchup I want on on them. So that's when you need Jimmy Ward. So oh, I think yeah. that's the ultimate time he needs to be back. But you're right. Uh, sooner is always better than later, um, unless you're nursing injuries. And I don't want to see Jason Brett or Jimmy Ward back until they're fully healthy. But it was nice to see them back. And I'm looking forward to the, the dynamic nature they can bring this team because I have the feeling that this could be the best secondary in the entire league if you get Verrett, Mosley, <laughs> Tarverius Ward uh, back there with Jimmy Ward and uh, Talano Ufonga. It's absolutely fantastic. And uh, think about that. One of the best defensive lines in the league, uh, the best linebacker group in the league, and could be one of the top three, top five secondaries in the entire league. To me, that screams all-time great defense. I agree. I mean, I think Richard Sherman said it best, too. He's like, this Niners defense is just, it's, if they're, it could be all-time great. You yeah. know, like I said before, the ceiling is the Baltimore Ravens, you know, and when you line up, like, Barrett and and you bring back um, uh, Jimmy Ward and you have Tavarius Ward and you got Emmanuel Mosley, like, that's scary for opposing teams. I yeah. mean, when you're game planning for this Niners defense, it's like, what do you do? Where do you go? Where do you see the weaknesses? You know, and like I said, D'Amico Ryans, man, he he has to be just so excited. You know, sitting at home watching film, like, just the different things he could come up with this defense to throw at all these offenses. It's going to be fun to watch going forward. And I'm just, as a Niner fan, I'm just so excited to see it, man. This defense is just going to be really scary. Yeah, those guys that we have now have afforded us so many opportunities. Charvarius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley. Uh, we wouldn't have been able to bracket cover, double cover uh, Cooper Cup if we didn't have guys on the outside that could take away Allen Robinson one-on-one. And that's one of the most exciting things is watching these guys take away people. That was what I said when I was doing all my breakdowns last week was, uh, we can double and we can bracket Cooper Cup because Allen Robinson, Ben Skoranek, you're not doing nothing in the passing game. There's no Van Jefferson. Uh, so there's nothing dynamic that the Rams can do. And that's what's crazy is every single week we're going to be able to say that. We can take away this guy and the other two guys can eliminate whoever they put on the outside. I think that is fascinating. I think that's really going to help this 49ers defense and D'Amico Ryans be even more aggressive because he has so much confidence that those guys can handle man coverage if needed. I agree. I mean, it's it's going to be so scary when you just have – you could just bring down everybody and match up, just match up across the board. And it's – it's a man, I'm at a loss for words, to be honest. Yeah, and that's what the DB coach had said. You know, they could go match up. So, uh, and with Verrett's ability to play inside and outside, Mosley could do the same thing. They can move inside and outside just depending on what matchup they want. It's crazy. And then you throw in Jimmy – I mean, Jimmy Ward. They were talking about a guy that you can blanket coverage Cooper Cup. I mean, the MC Championship game, Cup made a great catch, but – uh, Ward was in his hip pocket. I mean, he checked his license and everything on that play. And he just, you know, he was, wasn't able to finish it. But those are the kind of caliber of players you're getting. Just a fantastic defense. Now, it's a championship caliber defense. But do we have an offense that's good enough to win a Super Bowl? Not get to the Super Bowl, win. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens in 2000, their, their offense wasn't great, but it was good enough. 2002 Bucks, good enough. 2015 Broncos with Peyton Manning, who did not have a shoulder, <clears> basically. <throat> ended up being good enough. Does a Jimmy Garoppolo-led San Francisco 49ers offense, are they good enough to win a Super Bowl war? If you ask me today, I would say no. 
I would say no. I, I believe that there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, to me, the offense is too inconsistent. Um, if you come talk to me maybe week 16, week 17, I might have a different answer. I believe this offense will get better as time goes on with, with, with Shanahan. And, I mean, that's what you expect usually in the early season. Offense is always behind the defense. Yeah. It takes time to build the chemistry and just get to a, a, a your, your even kill point, you know, where you're – where things are just running on autopilot. Um, I love every game, our first drive, when we come out, it's just, everything is just, it's beautiful. You know, the first, what, scripted drive? The first, yeah, the first 15 plays. First 15 so. plays, it's beautiful. It's like it's like watching like music, uh, poetry in motion. Um, but after that, it's just, the offense starts to struggle. You know, you, see, you start to see the inconsistencies and you start to see a lot of things fall off with the offense where you would like to see that stuff cleaned up and, you know, like just just dominate each possession. Um, against the Rams, I felt like we left a lot on the field. Um, I, left, I feel like we left some points off the board as well. Um, and not all of it was on Jimmy. Jimmy made Jimmy made some nice plays. You know, Jimmy was um, Jimmy played a lot better Monday than what he did last Sunday. Yeah, and he made a lot of throws. He made a a few beautiful throws out there. Like that back that throw he made to to Kittle on the back of Enzo was a beautiful throw. Yeah, he just couldn't get his feet in. Um, but I I still have my question marks for this defense. Do I think things will get better? Yes, I do. But at this point in the season, I don't think the Niners' offense is is good enough to win a Super Bowl. But I I think that by we get to playoff time, we'll be ready. I think we're going to know when we figure out if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to turn over the football. Uh, he did not turn over the football against the Rams. And if you don't turn over the football as a quarterback of this team, you have an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. That's how good this defense is. They're absolutely gifted. And when you have playmakers like Devo Samuel, George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk, you have firepower to be able to make a couple of plays in the game. And that's really all you have to do with a defense that's good. Now, do you want to put that kind of weight on the defense? No. Um, but when we're talking about these first 15 plays, I used to script mine as well when I was a play caller. And part of the reason they're so successful is because the offense gets to work on them the entire time. They run through these things. They know them in and out. They know exactly where you know defenders are going to line up. It's when you start having to kind of go on the fly that, that players struggle uh, because now you're running plays. You're not as comfortable running, even though you've ran them before. Those first 15, you've put a lot of effort and time into. But those adjustments that a defense makes – a lot of times, if you're on target as an offensive coordinator, you already know what they're going to do, and you can just keep hitting them. And that's when you have those games where you just roll. Uh, but every once in a while, a team throws something you weren't expecting. Now, it could be something that ends up working out in your favor, uh, but those things take time. I also believe Kyle Shanahan coming out of preseason and training camp often overvalues his players' abilities. And then when they get out there in the game and the bulls start flying, he figures out who they are, what their capabilities really are, and then he puts them in the situation. He's has so much faith in these players to get it done. But now that he knows who they are through the first four games, I think he's going to take advantage of their skills uh, to the best of their ability. And I think we'll see this offense slowly roll. It's going to, it's going to be tough sledding in it's Carolina. They have a good defense, um, but Atlanta should be a welcome sight in a couple of weeks because their defense is atrocious. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that the offense just needs to settle in, you know, settle in, you know, find, Find their point where you, everything is running smoothly, and you like to see everybody get involved. I love seeing uh, getting use check involved. Like that's this is the most we've seen them involved pretty much this year. Um, Kittle, you know, we, it was finally a Kittle sighting out there. I love seeing Kittle get involved. And I mean, you know, the offense is not completely healthy. We know, you know, Trent Williams is out, and um, can't think of his name right now. Running back. 
Oh, Elijah Mitchell. Eliza Mitchell. Eliza Mitchell is out right now. So, to be fair to the offense, we're not operating at at hundred percent. So, right now, like I said, I, I think it's it's some sometimes it's a struggle watching the offense. But once you know the season progresses, and you know I put all the faith in Shanahan to get it together to get it going, I think the offense will start to look a lot smoother. It has looked nice having Kyle Ushek involved. Kyle Ushek over the last two games has had two catches that have went twenty plus twenty four against Denver, and then 35 on a quick out route. It was, nice. uh, was it's, it's a matchup issue, and that's it what is. it's about, right? We talked about this last week. Finding out, finding personnel matchups that work for your team. Kyle Ushek on a linebacker is always a win, and that's what you're trying to do, get those matchups. And Kyle found him in this game, and I think that's going to be consistent. He's not calling plays because they're plays that he wants to run. He's calling plays that attack a defense's weakness using the strengths of his own team. Uh, so things are going to look different week to week. Whatever you saw last week, you can throw that out because you're going to see a different defense with different skill players, with different uh, abilities that you have to attack, a different coordinator that you have to approach. So uh, it's it's a fun game, and that's what is so cool about the NFL. Uh, matchups are made, you know, and games are made by these cool matchups that involve players that are completely different from each scheme and each roster that you go through. Right. And so let's talk about these Panthers a little bit. Uh, the Warriors are going to be taking on the Panthers. They, of course, have Baker Mayfield, who I'm sure Nick Bosa is excited to see again. Uh, he has a solve system Monday night matchup where he waved the flag on him. Four sacks in that game. Now, Baker hasn't looked good this year. His QBR, I believe, is 16.7, which is absolutely terrible. Uh, this team has a lot of playmakers. DJ Moore, LaVisca Chenault, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson. They are not lacking in that department. The problem is the guy pulling the trigger hasn't been able to get it done. Do you think that they're going to be able to get anything going against this 49ers defense uh, with Nick Bosa over there with a personal issue with Baker Mayfield? Uh, if it's not in a passing game, if it's if it, <laughs> <laughs> not in a passing game, if it's, I mean, if it's Christian McCaffrey, like causing us fits on the ground, I could, I could see that, you know, but uh, Baker May- Baker Mayfield dropping the back and picking apart this defense. I can't see it. I can't see it. I don't think he'll have the time. And I think it's just everybody's going to be blanketed back there. So, I mean, looking at this game, there's not too much I'm worried about besides Christian McCaffrey. Right, because the 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 chan- the the defensive line could be in question if Armstead doesn't play, if Kinlaw doesn't play. Right, you could potentially run in the middle. Or are you going to run Christian McCaffrey twenty times up the middle? No. I don't think so. No. Last time the 49ers played against this uh, Panthers team was in 2019. Of course, it wasn't Baker Mayfield at quarterback. They actually had a better one. It was one of the Allens. I don't even know which one it was. Um, they were they were riding high with a really good defense, and Niners absolutely blew them out of the water. So I just don't know if Christian McCaffrey can get anything going against this 49ers defense, especially with the speed at linebacker. To me, the 49ers match up really well with the run game of Carolina and the skill players as well. Plus, Matt Rule doesn't know what to do with LaVisca Chanel. He should just let him go and let him come to San Francisco. I agree. I love Chanel. Chanel's <laughs> a phenomenal talent. But and I also like DJ Moore. DJ Moore is a nice receiver. But the Niners, I mean, they, they'll have to pay attention to. He could hurt you at oh, times. Oh, he's good. Yeah, I like him. Um, but, I mean, to me, the main uh, the main focus against uh, the Carolina Panthers is, is CMC. He's the guy that is the game breaker. You know, he could, he could turn games upside down. So, to me, that's the main focus in – I mean Baker Mayfield. It's he's just gonna buckle under pressure. We're just gonna we're gonna keep somebody in his face all day. And you know you know Bosa's already in his head. 
Oh yeah. He's already in his head and that's enough to get a W. So Oh yeah. If I'm Bosa, <laughs> I'm I'm finding a flag to wave at some time or an invisible flag just to let him know what's up. <laughs> I, and you just gotta be in his face the entire game. Be in Baker Mayfield's face. He will make mistakes. He'll give you opportunities for turnovers, and you have to take advantage of those turnovers. But let's talk about a place where we're gonna have a little bit of a question mark, and that is more questions at left tackle because <laughs> Jalen Moore is potentially going to start his first game of the season at left tackle. No Trent Williams. Cole McKivitt's out six to eight weeks with an MCL sprain. It's going to be more until Trent Williams comes back, probably at Kansas City is my guess when we see Trent Williams again. But what do you think about Jalen Moore playing left tackle? What do the 49ers have to do to protect him against Brian Burns coming off the outside for Carolina? Unfortunately for Kittle, he's going to be helping out a lot. <laughs> it could be Charlie Warner, too. Uh, Charlie right. Warner is a very, very good blocker. In fact, last year, he graded out higher as a tight end, as a blocker than George Kittle. Oh, that's that. interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. Um, Man, it's thankfully we're not really going to get to know bookings the yeah. next couple of weeks. I don't really know who... Um, who Carolina or Atlanta unleash on the edges. It's like Brian Burns for Carolina. Brian, Brian Burns. Burns okay. Fantastic. He is a good guy. Yeah. Brian Burns, a Florida state guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he is a nice one. I forgot that they had him over yeah. there. So he is somebody to worry about. Um, but I mean, when he, when he lines up across a Brian Burns, you, you gotta, you gotta give him help. You know, you gotta give him help. And I mean, in this league, if you don't have a left tackle, you, it can get ugly fast. Yeah. It can get ugly fast. So, I, I definitely expect Shanahan to help him out um, with either Ushek or, like you said, Warner, Kittle, um, with the chips and stuff like that. Yep. I definitely expect him to get help all game and um, speedy recovery, recovery, Trent Williams. <laughs> yeah, he told Jennifer Lee Chan and Matt Miyoko he wasn't, you know, he was going to be back sooner than they thought. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be Kansas City. I think they get through the next two games with Jalen Moore. The good news is uh, Moore rebounded from the Denver performance. Seven terrible snaps against Denver. But he comes in for Cole McKivitz, and he didn't miss a beat, actually. He played well. And it was funny because the year before, in Week 10, he had played right tackle against the Rams and did pretty well. So I thought Jalen Moore, maybe he settled in. Maybe he got comfortable. Maybe he just got, you know, Chris Forrester's foot in his butt. and was like, dude, you better play better. You're not going to be on this football team anymore. Sometimes you just need a wake-up call. But I think that you're right. They're going to find ways to get other guys to help him out. Also, they're going to use Brian Burns' eagerness to go against Jalen Moore against him. Let him come upfield. Let himself be taken out of plays where you can take advantage of the run game, move the pocket, do all of that sort of things, pull guys, send more to an, another guy. Uh, all those things are going to work in the 49ers' favor. They're just going to scheme it up. It's easier when you have an understanding of what your roster looks like pregame, not when you do it in the middle of a game. You expected Trent Williams to be able to handle one of those guys on the edge. As soon as he was gone in Denver and it was Jalen Moore, now he's on the same playlist, right? He's on the island. He doesn't have anyone to help him out, and that's not a recipe for success. And I, I expected Jalen Moore to play well at home. Yeah. You know, you, you always expect role players to play better at home. You know, when they, when for some reason, I don't know why it is, it's in all sports, role players always play better on their home field. You, their true testament is when they go on the road. Yeah. So we'll see how he could hold up in Carolina against a guy like Brian Burns, who is, who is a, a legitimate end in this league. So um, he's definitely going to have a, his hands full this weekend. Um, but I think he could do it. Yeah, I mean, why not, right? I mean, we've seen people step up all the air. Imagine this. Imagine if Jalen Moore does play good enough. Him and Aaron Banks were the two draft picks in 2021. If your second-round pick and your fifth-round pick are caliber enough where they can come in and play, and Aaron Banks is the 15th best 
according to PFF, in the entire league at guard. I think he has played pretty good. I do think he's one of the top 20 guards in the league right now, which is impressive to say. But imagine if they strike gold on Jalen Moore, who's another fifth-round pick. But he's got to redeem himself from Denver. Right. Because uh, that was not a good performance. <laughs> Bradley Chubb and them ate him alive. Uh, and Brian Burns is no slouch for that speed rush either. So, Warren, what is your biggest concern against the Panthers? Is it Jalen Moore? Is it that, that defensive pass rush for Carolina? Uh, is it, you know, Christian McCaffrey? I'm really interested. Um, I really, there's nothing really I'm, I'm afraid of with Carolina. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, CMC, you always worry about him because he's just such a game breaker, you know? Um, Honestly, my biggest concern is just can the Niners take their game, what they play at home, on the road? Yeah. You know, because, you know, we've seen how we played in Chicago. I believe if that's a home game, we win that game. Yeah. You know, you've seen how we played in Denver. If that's a home game, I believe we win that game. We'll be 4-0, you know? It's just we've been – I don't know what it is. It's just we've been having problems on the road, yeah. you know? And, and we're losing the teams on the road that we should beat. You know, we should have beat Chicago. We should have beat Denver on the road, yep. you know? Carolina, we should beat Carolina on the road. We are a better team than Carolina. So, to me, that's that's what worries me. There's not one player that really, besides Christian McCaffrey, that, that really bothers me with, with what we got going on this Sunday. It's just the whole game aspect of just playing 60 minutes of football, you know, mistake-free, staying healthy, and just going out there and dominate like we should. So... That's that's the main thing I'm concerned of this weekend is just just going on the road and putting our foot on their throat. Yeah, my, my I think my biggest concern is turnovers. Uh, if the Fournier don't turn over the ball, if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't turn over the football, they're going to win this game. Their defense is just too stout. Their offense can do enough. They have enough playmakers to score points, even against a very stingy Carolina defense. Um, but it all comes down to turnovers. It's not one particular person, even though I am going to keep an eye on Brian Burns against Jalen Moore. I think that's a matchup to watch and how Kyle schemes it up. I think it's about Jimmy not turning over the football or Ray Ray McLeod not turning over the football. You know, uh, there are other players that can potentially put the ball on the ground too, but a uh, heavy focus on Jimmy because when he doesn't turn over the ball, 49ers win. It's that simple. Right now, the recipe for success this year is to score over 10 points. Score over 10 <laughs> points, you have a really good chance to win the game. Uh, the two losses, the Niners didn't score more than 10. So that's what you got to get done. Hopefully they can, um, but I think they, they can handle Carolina. I'm not, I'm not too concerned about this one. Yeah, we'll see if we get closer to the game if I start getting nervous. But <laughs> as of right now, not so much. Fortnite's uh, biggest advantage against the Carolina Panthers? This defensive line. It's it's absolutely defensive line. They're, Baker's going to be harassed all game. Yeah. And, I mean, the more pressure you put on him, the more mistakes he's going to make. And so that's just one of many things, I believe, that, that, that falls in our favor, you know, is – Defensively, I feel like we're just going to smother these guys. They're just—they're not. Gonna, there's not going to be much for them to do. Um, and then offensively, if we could just, you know, like let's stay consistent from what we've seen against the Rams. You know, that first drive, and then we kind of we kind of had some moments during the game. Um, but if we could, if we could just go out and let's say we get off to a fast start. Yeah. Let's say we get up by 17 points. This game is over with. Yeah. There's no way they're coming back. But we just come out, put our foot in their throat, and just blow them out, out the gates. I mean, it'll be blood in the water the rest of the game. Yeah, I think I have two. Uh, the first off is coaching. I think the 49ers have a better coaching staff than the Carolina Panthers. I don't even think it's close. I, I don't think Matt Rule is a, is a good coach in the NFL. His offense have been pedestrian. He's blamed other people. You know, he blamed uh, Joe Brady. It was his fault. Uh, fire him. 
and it's not. What it is is Matt Rule doesn't really have the abilities to coach at this level right now. Maybe he'll figure it out, but um, I think this 49ers coaching staff with D'Amico Ryan's the way he schemed things up, he, he's on, he's just at a different level right now. He's he's at coaching at the top echelon that you can coach defensive uh, defensively. The scheme that he's coming up with, the way that he's approaching these things, the way he's mixing things up to keep coordinators off balance, that's going to be bad news for Carolina. Uh, also, Kyle Shanahan just being able to scheme it up on the offensive side of the ball. He's going to get his playmakers the football. You know, they don't get DJ Moore, LaVisca Chanel, the ball consistently. Kyle Shanahan is going to get it in the hands of Debo Samuel. He's going to get it in the hands of Brandon Ayuk, and they're going to make plays. I think that's number one. Number two, huge advantage for the 49ers, and this is going to tick some people off, and some people are going to be fine with it, is Jimmy Garoppolo, because Jimmy Garoppolo is way better than Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I know Baker Mayfield was drafted number one overall, but the guy has not proven to be an NFL-caliber quarterback, uh, and Jimmy Garoppolo at least has it up here mentally to be able to put the 49ers in the right situations. It was a can play that ends up being Jeff Wilson Jr.'s touchdown. That's a veteran quarterback understanding what he needs to do. Uh, I'm not thinking that he actually threw it high on purpose to get it to Debo Samuel on that touchdown or anything like that. Uh, but I think that his his knowledge is what could be the advantage. And I think in this game, he is an advantage because he's not going to turn over the ball. I can't say the same thing for Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Jimmy won't turn it over a lot. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I think, will. I agree. I agree. And, and another another thing, like we said a little bit earlier for, for Baker Mayfield is Nick Bosa's in his head. He knows yeah. he knows 97's coming. Yep. He, I'm pretty sure he's seen the celebration millions of times. His friends told him about it. Um, he's worried about it this week. He knows he knows Nick Bosa's coming. So that's definitely a feather in the Niners cap. And I do agree with you. I think the coaching coaching aspect of this game is is night and day. Nate, our coaching staff versus theirs is just it's not even close. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's not. And this coaching staff is fantastic. So, with all that being said, Warren, 49ers versus Panthers, what is your score prediction for this game? Who do you have winning? I got the Niners winning pretty easily this week. Um, I think we'll go out there and take care of business uh, these these next couple of weeks, to be honest. So, I have the Niners taking care of business. I have us winning 30-9. to nine. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, it, it's pretty close to what, what I'm going with on this as well. I think the 49ers went easy. I think they handle business. I think the offense scores more than they did, but they put up a number that sounds very familiar because the Seahawks score. I think they score 27 and Carolina scores six. I think they get a 21 point victory, a real comfortable win on the first part of their East Coast swing. So, yeah, 27 to six. So, we're kind of in the same category. Forrest also predicted. For the for the 49ers to win, but he had them going, I believe, to 40, 41 points. Ooh. He has an offensive explosion. Ooh. If you're on slightly off size on Patreon, you got to hear that. I thought that was uh, very, very <laughs> exciting. Day. Yeah, but I think what's interesting is everyone is not. I think he gave the Carolina Panthers one touchdown. Nobody's really giving the Panthers any touchdowns right now. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they'll score on this. This defense is playing too well right now. To give up any touchdowns, I, to me nine points was pushing it. I mean, yeah, because I don't even think their offense is better is as good as the Rams. So I think that six to nine, I think that's where they're going to be at. But the Niners should take care of business easily. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things where I think if if Sam Darnold was healthy, he'd probably be starting over Baker Mayfield. <laughs> that's not good <laughs> at all. Uh, I think I think Baker's going to get cooked in this one. Seven sacks is the 49ers record for the season. 
that could fall. And be in jeopardy. And if it doesn't fall, it's going to be because he's going to throw the ball wickedly <laughs> to some of our guys who are going to have opportunities to make plays. I think it's going to look a lot like that Cleveland game because Carolina is not as talented as that roster in 2019. The 49ers are better. How many flag-waving celebrations are we going to see on Sunday? I'm Over gonna go, or under? I think we're going to get none, which none? is interesting. But I think we're going to get a whole bunch of... <laughs> I, I think we will. I think we're going to get a bunch of that. Uh, I think Bosa is going to make plays, and I think Ebucom is too. Oh, Bosa yeah. has six sacks right now leading the NFL, which you said earlier. And Samson Ebicom has three. Uh, that is good news for the 49ers. They're getting edge pressure opposite of Bosa. The other th- good thing, that sack that Ebicom, the first one he got, Drake Jackson was a hiccup behind him. Oh, um, yeah. It, it was, it was yeah. really nice. But you also got sacks from Charles Menehue. Uh, You got Hassan Ridgeway. You just you and um um I'm sorry uh Kevin Givens so yeah. I mean they they had all guys all kinds of guys making plays it was fantastic Drake Jackson is a great name that you bring up because he's been he's flashed a few times this uh this year so I'm loving what I'm seeing from that rookie yeah so another one in the books Warren we're killing cover two it's been a lot of fun uh just like the 49ers playing really good defense from their safeties I think we brought it in this episode I was excited about it uh, lots <laughs> of stuff coming up of course. What's the game plan coming up on Saturday? So if you want to know what the game plan is, 49ers versus the Carolina Panthers, you should hop over and check that out on YouTube on Saturday. If you want to check out a scouting report and watch the video of Carolina versus Arizona where I break it down and give how I think the 49ers are going to attack, which has been going pretty well so far, head over to Patreon. New Patreon members over there right now have been watching it. So uh, check it out. Let me know what you think. Another fun week on 49ers Cutback, but... Another great episode of Cover 2, Warren, and hopefully another 49ers win on Sunday. Yeah, I'm guaranteeing a win. Oh, I like that. I like that you're guaranteeing. I'm guaranteeing a win. I like that Joe Namath style over here, just guaranteeing it. Next thing you know, you're going to come with a fur coat and everything. (laughs) All right, everyone, you guys have a good one. We're out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.